Welcome to She Wakes Up, a podcast where you are granted permission to rise above your past, crush your fear and self-doubt, and go after the future of your dreams. I know life has taken over and has driven you to a place where you feel lost and scared and you have no idea how you got here. You just feel stuck in your job, relationships, motherhood, all of it. I see you and you're in the right place. I'm your host, Stacey Feeling, and I'm so pumped to have you here. I've been where you are. I was lost in abuse, finances, anxiety, poor health, you name it. I was up and down for years trying to fix myself on the surface. What I found was the real damage in need of fixing came from the inside. And so it was. If this is you, come hang with me. Grab a drinky drink and maybe a pint of some ice cream because we are skipping the small talk and getting right to the juice. Because girl, it's time to wake up. What's up? Happy Friday. I know it's Tuesday when you're listening to this, but it's Friday when I'm recording this. And let's just pretend that it's Friday because who doesn't love Friday? It's my favorite day of the week because it's the end of the work week for most of us. And it's the the day that I get most of my stuff done. Like the house is cleaned. It's ready. It's smelling good for the weekend. I can just chill. And then come Sunday, I know that I'm ready for the rest of the week to come and hit me like a freight chain like it always does. But here I am on a Friday and it is almost nine o'clock and I am recording a podcast episode. So that just goes to show you how exciting and adult-like at 35 my life is. I am recording a podcast episode for you on a Friday night, and I absolutely wouldn't change it for the world. That's what's the best thing about this. I am sitting in my fabulous new bedroom that I am absolutely in love with, sitting on the most comfortable mattress. Shout out to Nectar Mattress, Memory Foam. I am not sponsored by Nectar whatsoever, but shout out because um, I love to give legitimate testimonies and reviews and I just feel that Nectar deserves a shout out because we are so in love with our mattress. It's amazing. So if you need a new mattress and you love memory foam, hey hey I just told you where you need to go. So today I want to talk about compassion fatigue and this is a pretty deep topic and it's something that I was in training all week for my nursing job and it really brought a lot of value in that, yes, I learned a lot for my own profession in my career, what I'm supposed to be doing <laughs> with my life, um, but I turned it into what I can utilize it for in my podcast, in my coaching space. So I guess that's a two for one. Maybe it's a little selfish of me. I don't know, but that's how I looked at it. When I was presented with this information, I was like, oh, shoot. That is my next podcast topic because it really was directed at a professional space. But when I thought about it and I heard the stories around it, I was like, hey, whoa, (laughs) no, compassion fatigue is for real for anybody. That is a caretaker, no matter if it's your profession or if it's in your personal life. Compassion fatigue is real. So I just wanted to create an episode around this because I have not personally felt that I have had compassion fatigue 
have I had burnout? Have I had a point where I just felt overwhelmed? Yes. But can I say for sure that I've hit that space of compassion fatigue? I cannot. However, I know that it's real. And interestingly enough, compassion fatigue is being worked in as a diagnosis so that you might potentially, depending on where you work, um, be able to take workman's comp for compassion fatigue. And I think that's phenomenal because that just means that our mental health space is getting to where it needs to be. It's making the progress. It's getting the headway. It's getting the attention that it's needed for a very long time. And I was just on a podcast interview recently where she was speaking on, you know, the generational history of mental wellness. And back in our parents' and our grandparents' generation, when you went to seek therapy or a counselor or you needed any sort of mental health guidance, you needed to be damn near deemed insane, crazy, to be able to go out and justify your reasoning for needing some counseling or therapy. It was just something that you didn't talk about. Um, You know, obviously, it was around us. It was something that happened, it was just not talked about, right? And in today's generation, it was like, everybody needs therapy. There is no reason why there isn't some sort of value that can come out of therapy, no matter what situation you're in, to then our kids' generation of, that's just the norm. Like, if you don't have a counselor in your life, what's wrong with you? It's completely flipped the script. And it's just crazy to me. I think it's very important And it makes me so happy to know that our mental health is becoming more normalized. There is more of an awareness around our mental health, especially after this pandemic. And for our youth population, for my daughter, she's going on 16. And this pandemic and social media and the isolation has just hit her tenfold on top of all the things that she's already experienced. It's really just an interesting and phenomenal shift that we have seen. So when I was in this training last week with other supervisors, you know, like I said, it was made for the professional space. But when I really started to hear more about it, I'm like, no, wait a minute. This applies across the board. So I want to share with you the definition of compassion fatigue. And um, through WebMD, like I said, this can be a potential diagnosis. So here we are, right? The term describes the physical, emotional, and psychological impact of helping others, often through experiences of stress or trauma. Compassion fatigue is often mistaken for burnout, which is a cumulative sense of fatigue or dissatisfaction. So when we, as women, as wives, as mothers, and we have talked about this in previous episodes before, are caretakers in some capacity. That is what we do. That is the reason why we hold ourselves back. That is the reason why we don't allow ourselves the time and the space for ourselves. Why we lack in self-care. Why we don't give ourselves permission to show up for us first. Right? We literally are the definition of caretakers. So when you add on the stress of the, the just the day-to-day normalcy of being a caretaker for your home, your family, but also the stress of your job, 
maybe this is a compound effect of some trauma and stress from previous life, you know, younger years, your childhood, whatever. And it's just built upon itself and you've had no time to release. You have no permission to release. You have never shown up for yourself to be able to release this. So it just continues to build up because you are continuously caring for somebody. That might have been your friends when you were a kid and a teenager, into a relationship, now into your your spouse, your husband, your partner, and your kids. Maybe this means that you're showing up to care for your parents who are now getting older or somebody else in your life that you have to continuously show up for. That's valid. However, compassion fatigue is real. And it makes it worse when you do not have time to take care of yourself. That's kind of where it stems from, is this continuous caregiving for other people except yourself. You're showing up every single day, 110% for somebody else except yourself. And you keep telling yourself, yeah, I'll take care of me tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. But right now, I have to prioritize so-and-so because that's what matters. And that compassion, that empathetic person that you are, that seems justifiable. Like there is no other choice, right? You have to show up for that person because that's what your values are. It's okay. I can resonate with that 100%. But how are you really showing up 110% for them if you're only showing up as 25% you? Or whatever you feel like you're showing up as. But I know it's less than 100%. I know it's less than 75%. I know that. I've been there. I know what it's like to put your everything into somebody else. Or multiple people. So you cannot. It is. You may think that you are showing up 100% for somebody else. It is impossible to show up in that capacity If you are not showing up for yourself 100%, you cannot show up for somebody else if you're not matching that. So if you think you're showing up for 100% for that person, but you can admit to only showing up to 30% for you, you're matching that. You're really showing up as 30% for that person and 30% for you. You might not be able to see that, Because you, in your time, think that you are putting in all that time and effort and emotion into this person, which is true. But if your limit for yourself is 30%, your limit for other people is also 30%. Because there is no way you can give somebody 100% of you if you cannot give yourself the same thing. So it really is deceiving. You think you're showing up. You're not because you're not giving that to yourself. I feel like I've just repeated that in 10 different ways, but it needs to click. You're 30% of you for yourself, for other people until you can bypass that. Get to being 100% you, for you. 
You're filling up your cup. You're putting on your oxygen mask before you put on the mask of other people until you can do that. And do that acceptingly, saying without a doubt, I'm going to put my mask on before I help you put yours on. It's something that's taught for the safety of a flight, right? You go on an airplane, that is something that they teach you before you even take off. Hello, put that into your own life. Understand that you cannot be there 100% for somebody. You cannot put their mask on before you're applying your own. No way. You might be showing up for them. You might be consistent. You might be providing them with something. Imagine though, if you were functioning with your full cup at full capacity, what it would look like to show up for somebody else. The importance is you. Fill up your cup. Put on your mask first. This compassion fatigue is real. We do this, not just in a professional space. And as a professional nurse, I can resonate with this. I understand what this means on the level of working as a nurse. But you know what? It resonated so much deeper with me as a mom and a wife and a daughter. Because I have lived the majority of my life feeling like I needed to show up for everybody else first. I need to fill everybody's cup up first. I needed to put everybody else's mask on first. No. Once I finally figured that out, I realized that I am not at my best self. And if I'm not functioning as my best self, I can't show up. People can't expect to see me as my best self for them if I can't do that for my own self. So what's one way to recognize this? What is one way to help us understand where we are, how full our plate is? And this is an exercise that I like to use with my own staff in their recognition and their refueling for the workspace. But this really can work in any capacity. So I want you to take a paper plate and whatever paper plate that you have, and I want you to divide it up into sections of your life. For example, you know, kind of make it like a pie chart. So you have one wedge that's family, kids, spouse, you know, make that however big you feel takes up your time. And then your job, uh, maybe you have a side business, whatever you have that is a commitment that takes up your time, you know, whether that's taking care of other people or extracurricular activities or just your responsibilities that you have, whatever is on your plate, maybe you're going to school, you know, whatever it is, make sure that you add that little wedge onto your paper plate and divide it up, like I said, into a pie chart so that each wedge is a representation of that area of your life and you can make it size-wise to match how much time that you're involved in this area of your life. I also want you to put in a wedge or a slice for you. What are you doing for you? Whatever that looks like for you, put that in there. Put that on your plate. And I want to know how big is your wedge? How much time do you realistically have or take 
for yourself. And also, this is just a good visual because I'm a visual learner. I've said that before of what really your life is looking like on paper in front of you. You have it right there that maybe, you know, I mean, shoot, for some of us, maybe 60% of your plate is filled up with family and spouse and child responsibilities. You know, maybe 60% of that is your job. But it's really good to have that visual of where your time is spent. And maybe when you look at this, you don't even realize how much time that you have in each area. Maybe you realize that what this represents is that you have some extra time in certain areas that you could give to you to refill your cup, right? So just try out this exercise and see what it looks like for you when you write it all out. Because... Sometimes in our minds, we see it one way. And then when you actually write it out, it's a game changer for us. We have this realization and we're like, wow, I had no idea that this is where all my time was going. So try that exercise. And the other thing that I wanted to discuss about compassion fatigue is I hear a lot of times that we want help, but yet we don't want to feel like a burden. We don't want to feel judged. We don't want to feel like we're less than if we ask for help. But you know what? There is no shame in asking for help. And I've talked about this before, but how is somebody supposed to understand and recognize what you're going through? And how are they supposed to know that you're feeling overwhelmed, frustrated, sad, fatigued, whatever it is that you're feeling by everything that you are doing, whatever is on your plate, how is somebody supposed to recognize that this is how you're feeling if you don't communicate that, right? Nobody's a mind reader. We can't expect people to read our minds and we can't expect to read other people's minds. So we have to do them the courtesy by saying, you know, this week is just super full. I am at my limit. Could you please do X, Y, Z for me? That would be so helpful for me. That would really not push me over the edge. That would really make me less frustrated if I could just get help in this area, right? But if we don't actually voice how we're feeling and we just assume that either one, other people are going to do that for us, or two, they're going to think that we need help. They're going to recognize how we're feeling and they're just going to know to go and take care of that for us. No, that's not how it works. So there is no shame in asking for help and letting people know that, hey, I am at my limit right now. And usually that doesn't require any sort of explanation or rationale as to why it is that you're asking for help. Most people that know you, that you're asking for help, know your situation. They know that you're working. They know that you're taking care of the kids. They know that you have this big project that you're working on. You know, most of the time they understand. But again, especially if you're like type A and you're very independent and you're doing the things on your own all the time, people become accustomed to that. And they just think, you know, well, she's been able to manage it this whole time. And and I don't want to make her upset and make her think that, you know, she's not capable if I step in. So maybe there's some hesitation on the other end of them saying, I don't want to step on her toes. I don't want to get in her way. That's what she does. That's, you know, this is part of her routine. So maybe it's not even that they don't notice that you're overwhelmed, but maybe they just know that this is 
who you are and what you do. And they don't want to take that away from you because they don't know how you would react. So unless we communicate, they have no idea. And again, like I said, there is no shame in asking for help whatsoever because the people that are around you will recognize that. And if they don't, you need to recognize that yourself and know how much is really on your plate. And shoot, show somebody your plate. Say, you know what, I just wanted to put this on paper for me, but I thought maybe it could be helpful for for you if I shared this so that you could see how my time is spent on an average day or an average week, however you end up splitting it up. And that might put it into perspective for somebody. You know, try different things to help people understand where you are and make sure that you don't stay so closed off that you are really limited to you having to do all the things because you don't express and you just assume. And other people are so used to you being that person that they don't want to step up because they don't want to step on your toes, right? We have to shift that a little bit. We have to get out of our own way and let people in. Let them know that we need them. We're not supposed to be doing all this alone. And for whatever reason, it's become that way that we think that we're supposed to hold the world on our our shoulders and not crumble. We are supposed to be the strength. And if we show weakness, then there's a fault in us. No. It takes a village. It takes a community. It takes other people around us to be able to divide that pie up. Maybe it's not going to be equal, you know, especially for those of us who are a sucker for punishment and like to take on extra. So maybe it'll never be divided equal. Okay, fine. Maybe there's 20% of that that you could delegate to somebody else in your family or around you that could help with you, maybe at work. Maybe your kids could step up if you asked them to help. You know, but again, they don't know what you need help with if you don't say, right? So 20% out of this pie is actually quite a bit, and that's progress, right? We're never striving for, for, for perfection. We're never striving for life to be this ideal space. We just need a little bit. We just need a little give. You know, we just need 20% off of our plate so that we can use maybe 10% of that 20% to put back into our self-care wedge so that we can give back to ourselves. It'd be great if we could take that whole 20% that is being lifted off of our shoulders to put back into us. That's really the smart thing to do. Um, But it's not always the realistic thing to do. Okay. But 10% more is better than, you know, than maybe 1% or 2% that you already have. So I'll take it, right? That's better than nothing. But that's taking 20% off of your shoulders and knowing that it'll still get done. And hey, here's the thing. You have to be careful. If you delegate something, you can't micromanage and you can't be upset if it's not done quote unquote correctly, right? I like to think of things being done and accomplished as If they are accomplished, but the means to getting there is different than the means that you usually take to get there, doesn't mean that it's wrong. Doesn't mean that the world is over. And as somebody that is type A, I can completely relate to this when, you know, somebody, I ask somebody to do something and they don't really go around about it in the same way that I would. I get a little tense and I've worked on that because I recognize that just because they're doing it differently doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong. 
And by micromanaging like that, you're really just taking on, you're not giving them 20%, you're giving them 5% and you're still micromanaging 15% of that. So really you're not able to let go as much as you could. You're not really able to get back that time and that capacity if you were to just let them handle it. Knowing that, yeah, sure, it might be, it might not be done your way, but it's getting done. And it's one less thing that you have to worry about. So let it be. And especially if you're asking for that help, please don't micromanage because that's going to make them less apt to want to help in the future, right? Just if they're willing, they offer, great, let them do that. And then don't worry about it. Do something else in that space that you have available now. It's such a shift, I know. It is very difficult when we are so used to doing things a specific way and when we have so much on our plate and we're just like, this is just it, we accept it. And we don't wanna delegate because we're afraid and we don't wanna feel any less than. We, we wanna be good enough, we wanna be worthy, we wanna be able to wear all the hats and juggle all the plates, but it's okay to not have to. And it's okay to ask if somebody can take at least one stack of plates off of you for a little while, you know? Let me juggle these over here. Could you please juggle these over here? And then when I can lessen some of this this side, I will take back this side. You know, it's a team effort. But again, the communication is really key here. You have to let people know where you are. You have to let people know if you're ready to take that back on. You know, it's all about communication. The important thing is, is when you have this empathetic, compassionate personality and you just want to take care of all the things and all the people because you care, you just want to help, you're taking all of that off of you. You're taking that away from you, rather. You know, your plate is so full with everything else but you. So we have to look at it a little differently and know that we can still help. We can still be compassionate and empathetic, but we also have to recognize when our little slice of the pie for ourselves is so thin, where can we pull away? Where can we share? Where can we delegate? You know, let's put this in an old margarine container, this slice of our pie, and ship it off to a relative for them to enjoy so that we don't feel so responsible to eat the rest of this pie because we don't really want to finish this rest of this pie, right? We want to we want to give away some of these slices, not carry that burden, not carry the weight of literally like the extra pounds of what this pie is putting on you, okay? It's okay to do that and most people are willing, you know? I mean, how many times do you literally offer somebody the figurative slice of pie to take with them and they're like, oh yeah, sure. You know what? Like, give me another slice. I'll give it to so-and-so. That's what we need to start doing with our responsibilities and the things that we have on our plate. Hey, would you mind doing this for right now? Because this is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm going through. This is what I'm doing. Communicate. Let them know. It's so important. Don't let yourself get to a point where this empathetic, compassionate person that you are gets so burnt out that you now have compassion fatigue. Life is about a balance, and so the better we can figure that out in our space, the better off we will be, the better off we will have that balance in our lives, and we'll be able to refuel ourselves while refueling other people. 
you can have that balance. You just have to see it. You know, like I said, maybe laying it out on paper is going to be very helpful for you. But just don't ever feel like you can't have that communication and that if you do, that you're at fault for some reason. Everybody needs help now and again, and there is no reason to feel like that makes you a burden because look at everything that you're already taking on. Okay, there's no guilt here. So do the little pie exercise. See how it plays out for you. And just know, you know, I encourage you to look up more about compassion fatigue. And maybe there's somebody you know. Maybe you're not there. Maybe you're close. Maybe you've experienced it before. But maybe there's somebody in your life that is, that you recognize, wow, this person might be experiencing compassion fatigue. And share the same exercise with them. You know, because sometimes it's really hard to recognize when we look in the mirror what's going on with ourselves, but it's really easy to say, oh my gosh, why didn't I see that when somebody else points it out in us, right? You know, like, oh my God, how did I miss this? You're so right. So sometimes that takes us to recognize that in other people too, to help them out. So I just wanted to make you aware of the compassion fatigue because for me, like I always knew it was out there. And I've had experience and training on this before, but when I really listened to it, I listened to it at a different perspective and I thought to myself, wow, this really goes beyond just the workplace. Compassion fatigue for a lot of us happens every day, right? Or we're close to, or we have the recipe to make this happen potentially if we don't do things in that could fall into place to help us eliminate or minimize our risk for having compassion fatigue. So I hope this episode was beneficial for you. I hope you learned a little something. Um, Please, if you haven't joined our Facebook group, hop on over. If you type in in the Facebook search tab, SWU, She Wakes Up, that's what it's short for. Um, The community, you just join the group. It's private, but it's you know, anybody's welcome to join. So if you know somebody that could benefit from being a part of the group, I encourage you to do that. Let me know in reviews or comments or emails or DMs or however you want to let me know what your thoughts are on the weekly wake up episodes with that. We've had two guests so far. Um, We'll have our third one this week. And I just, I've enjoyed having these guests so very much. If you want to be a guest, I have the link in the show notes for you. It literally just is a link that says be a guest on the show. Click on that. You just fill out a little questionnaire and I go over it. There's really no regulations on it or like qualifications. If you want to be a guest on the show and you have something to share that could resonate with the audience, then absolutely I welcome you on here. So make sure to do that or share it with somebody that could be interested. And don't forget, last but not least, if you are in the East Michigan area, that we have the Unapologetically You event on on July 31st. So information is also in the show notes about that. If you want to snag your ticket, um, we are waiting for the venue to get filled up before we offer virtual, but that could be a potential opportunity as well. So just keep an ear out for that. And... Just let me know what you need from me. I'm all ears. I'm always open to have a conversation. Um, I always have the links in my show notes for you to book an unstuck session with me. That's one hour where you and I just sit one-on-one and I really just help you kind of navigate what you're going through. I'm always available. So feel free to reach out anytime. 
I look forward to talking with you soon. And don't forget to tune in on Friday for our next guest episode for our weekly wake-up call.